needs to increase in this area of faith. And so when I think about faith itself, uh, I think about my faith and how it started and how God worked in my heart and the time at which he did and how my faith has grown through the years. And faith is not something that you can see. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've never seen Jesus Christ, but I know he's real. I have never seen him in the flesh, but I know that he exists. And I know that I got saved, and by faith I got saved. And when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, my life began to change. Now, it wasn't an automatic situation in the sense of all the uh, things that I had in my mind and all the worldly influences that were in my life uh, dissipated that day. But I can tell you this, the closer I got to Christ, the less and less those things seemed to be important. Faith is something that we have to turn to Christ for. And I challenge us this morning to search the scriptures and really discover God's truth about faith. So what does my faith say to the world? And uh, that it does it know Christ. When the world looks at you, when people around you see you, can they see your faith in action? Now, James tells us that it's an observable thing. It's something that they can see in the sense of this, that they can see it bore out in your life. They can't really see me internally. You can't open me up and go, oh, he's saved. I can see his sticker there. He's saved. That doesn't happen that way. But I can tell you this, a saved person has changed, start to occur in their life. They begin to think more about their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They are, have more of a desire to get close to God. Uh, desire starts to grow for, and a hunger for the word grows. And, and I believe time alone with God and prayer increases and various things begin to happen to us and faith is what does that. So what does my faith say to a world that does not know Jesus Christ? It should speak volumes about him. And so our faith should be evident to those around us and it should always point them to Jesus Christ. It should not be about me. It should be about my Savior. When my Savior came, he wanted people to understand who God was. He wanted them to understand who the Messiah was, but he wanted them to understand who God was. And when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit's job then is to point to Christ. And when you get saved, the Holy Spirit then resides in us. And so by so, we accept Jesus Christ by faith. The Spirit of God then enters into us, and then our desire should be to promote Jesus Christ and not ourselves. Uh, John the Baptist said, I must decrease, but he must increase. Faith would cause that to begin to happen in our lives. And I, I see some factors here to be observed regarding our faith. First of all, I want to talk about the substance of our faith, the substance of our faith. And then we're going to talk about the repentance that we need to have and the report that comes from these folks. And so we want to see what kind of a report do we see and the repentance that we find in the hearts of these folks. And then the understanding of our faith. How, how much do you really understand your faith? And, and so I want us to look at this in light of the scriptures this morning. And, and I always try to point this out. And I want you to understand in verse 1, the Bible has a word there. And the word is now. You ought to underline that in your Bible. The word is now. This is not sometime later this is not some time in the past. This is current. This is present. This is happening now. When you say it's happening now, now is the time. It's not at some later date. It's taking place now. And he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The term faith is sprinkled throughout the entire Bible. And whether spoken of in whatever terms, more than 336 times do we find the subject of faith in the scriptures. God has something that he wants us to understand 
understand. And it's spoken of abundantly in the scriptures. Faith is what moves us. Faith is what keeps us. Faith is what helps us grow. Our faith in what, though? And the world wants us to have faith in the world. Our faith wants us to have faith in leaders. Our faith wants us to uh, turn to the world. But listen, God wants us to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. And when you go to the scriptures, you see this subject matter of faith. So our definition, according to the Bible, is found right here in verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not something you can always see. But I can tell you this, Jesus Christ is real. Amen? And I know that he exists, and I know that he works in my life. He tells me all throughout the scriptures various promises that he keeps. He tells me how to have faith in him. He tells me the promises that he provides for me. And when reading this verse, we glance over the first word, and the word is now. The idea is your faith is in action now, not sometime in the future. Each and every day you wake up, your faith ought to be in action. You ought to be ready and prepared because we have no idea what's coming our way. Now is an action word. Word meaning in addition to what's already taken place in chapter 10. And he goes through various things in chapter 10. And he talks about everything about our faith in chapter 10. And the importance of not sinning in chapter 10. The importance of coming together as a congregation in chapter 10. And he comes to chapter 11 and he said now I want you to add all this up now is the day of faith the opportunity that we have today we will not have tomorrow we don't know what tomorrow holds but today we have opportunity now is an action word and when I look at this it's at this present time at this moment continuing in an action the idea is, is that it's moving forward. There's an action being taken place. And it's continuing on. It's not something that fades off the scene. The work of God on our heart never ends. Amen? Amen. From the day I got saved to this very moment that I speak to you, God is always, always, always working on my heart. He's always doing something in my life. My God is not a God that disregards me. My God is a God who is a God of action. Amen? He is always interested in you. God is interested in you. He's interested in what you're doing. When I think about this in Romans 8, 24 and 25, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. When you can actually see it, it's no hope at all. If I said, boy, I wish I had a million dollars and it's laying on my kitchen table, then I don't have to hope for it anymore. I can actually see it. Amen? And, and the reality is, is that he said, when you can see stuff, that's not hope. That's not faith. It, it, there are things that we cannot see that we hope for. For what a man seeth, why does he yet you hope for it? Why would you hope for something that you can see? And the reality is, is that it's already present. Now, I want to tell you something. This is why I believe in eternal security. This is why I believe the Bible teaches once saved, always saved. Amen? Because once I got saved, I can actually see God working in my life. Amen? I know he's real, and I know he's present, and I know he's doing a work in my life. And so I don't have to hope to get saved anymore. I know I'm saved. Amen? And so if you are saved, I want you to know that you're saved. And no one can take that away from you. But he says, but if we hope for that, uh, that we see not, then do we, with patience, wait for it. You know, when I was a kid growing up, man, Christmas was a big deal. <laughs> How many for you? Was it a big deal? I mean, Christmas was a big deal. 
I remember putting the list together and giving it to dad and mom. And, and, and you know, you just couldn't wait. And, and, you know, about the time you hit age 10, you didn't believe in Santa Claus anymore. You knew mom and dad were going to the store because you gave them the list. And you knew where your Coleco game set was. And you knew where your Atari was coming from. And you knew, man, I hope dad gets some overtime so I can get that Atari. And the thing of it is, is that, man, you were just hoping. And how many of you had that excitement, you know, when mom and dad come and get you and they wake you up on Christmas morning, man, and you're going down there and you didn't care about anybody else's gifts. You know whose gifts you cared about? Your own. You were hoping, weren't you? <laughs> oh, when I opened it up and I got the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip, mm, man, I was, it was golden. And I knew I, had, I didn't have to hope for it anymore. And, Brother Mike, I got the Jeep with it too, Amen. <laughs> And the thing of it is, I didn't have to hope for it anymore because it was sitting right in front of me. And the reality is, is that Christ is right there before us. Amen? If you're saved, the gift's been opened. And he offers so much with that gift. Uh, I, I remember, I used to love, my mom would do the uh, stocking stuffers. You know, stocking stuffers, you, know, you just put stuff in there, and you just never knew what was going to be in there. And you're thinking, what's this for? And then a week later, you're like, hey, where's those Snicker bars mom bought me? You know what I mean? And, and the thing of it is that there's always something coming. But the thing of it is, is the gift of Jesus Christ doesn't end at salvation. It's a beginning. Man, it's a never-ending faith. And, and I look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, listen, those are eternal. They last forever. Amen. I, I know I've led people to the Lord, and, and uh, we've gone our separate ways, and they're on one side of the state, and I'm on another side of the state, but I know that they're still saved. And guess what? When we get to heaven, I'm going to see them there. Listen, that is eternal. Amen. It's not something that's going to fade away. And I look at this, when we talk about the substance of faith, it is describing the spirit or the core or the heart or the soul of what we believe. And here is the thing. When you go to a passage like Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, and you read that passage, what we believe is what Jesus Christ had to believe. And he believed that God raised him from the dead, or that God was going to raise him from the dead, and we believe that God raised him from the dead. Amen? Now, I can't see that and and the fact is is that I hope for that but I don't have to have a hope so faith I have a no so faith and that kind of faith is now it's not sometime in the future I have that faith now that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and sits on the right hand of the father I have that faith now it's not sometime yet future it's something that I can believe in now amen and so I want you to think about the substance of our faith. The real meaning of faith is not what man believes about God, but what God has given to us to trust in him. Amen? You know what God gave us? Listen, he gave us his word. We ought to trust his word. Amen? He gave us the Savior. We ought to trust the Savior. He gave us the Holy Spirit. We ought to trust the Holy Spirit. God has given us things. And here's the thing. It's not man's view that drives my belief. It is what God has said about himself that ought to drive my belief. And my belief is in what? God said, not what man thinks about God, but what does God think about us? Amen? And what he has given to us is an opportunity to have some faith in him. And the real meaning of faith is not what man believes about God. Faith, according to the Bible, is belief and trust, including those actions based on that trust. You know, I believe with all my heart when a man gets saved, he starts to change. Listen to me. When a man gets saved, he starts to change. When a man gets saved, 
he starts to change. That change, he is no longer that old creature. He's a new creature in Christ Jesus, amen? Old things are what, folks? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There is a change in that individual. Listen, that former conversation, the old man, which was corrupt according to deceitful lust, he's now renewed us in the spirit of our mind, and we have put on the new man, which is after righteousness and true holiness. And what we have to understand is that that's the direction that God wants to take us in, amen? Faith. Faith. This is action. When I look at this, faith is borne out in the actions of the Christian for others to observe. Do your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, your family, people you come in contact with, do they know that you're saved? And then what does that mean? And what does my faith in Christ do as a result of that? What observable things are in my life that others can see that I have a faith in God? I want to tell you that when God gives us the Holy Spirit and he resides in us, that change begins to occur. God uses your life, your testimony to reach other people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, it's not just the words we speak, but it's the actions that are bore out in our lives as well. Amen? To say I believe and act like a heathen is not faith. Amen? To say I believe and then go off and do the things that the world is doing, that is not faith. That is showing people that it doesn't matter. I can just be a heathen and say I believe in God. Listen, you go read Romans chapter 1 and you start verse 18 and you'll find out there are a lot of people who profess but do not possess the Holy Spirit of God. They have a worldly view of the scriptures and they live like heathens instead of living like Christians. And what we need to do is allow our faith to change us. When I think about this, this action is a substance and that is the confidence of the things hoped for. Listen, I have confidence in Jesus Christ. Amen. I have confidence that he's coming again. He promised me that he was. Listen, he told me that this rapture is going to occur. And if I'm still here, he's going to take me out of here. And I'm going to meet in the clouds, in the air with my Savior. But listen, at his second coming, I want you to know all Christians are gone. And what's happening is, is that revelation starts to roll in. And listen, folks, it may not be that far down the line. <laughs> and it could be right upon us. You look at the world and the nation today that believes in false statements and fear is just riveting people's hearts today. And, and folks are in such disarray and families are in disarray. But I want you to know I have a heavenly father who can fix it all. Amen. And it takes faith to believe that. And you say, well, I don't see him doing anything. You know what? It takes faith for us to believe that he can. Can he fix a broken marriage? You better believe he can. Amen. Can he, can he fix a broken home? He sure can. Can he turn a man from alcohol and drugs to a clean man with no substance abuse in his life? He sure can. Can he, can he work in someone's life to turn them from a worldview to a godly view? He sure can. I want you to know it takes faith. And, and what we have to do is pray that God increase our faith. It is what we expect confidently, looking forward to what can be beneficial according, not just to my standards, but according to God's standards. How many of you know Heinz 57 ketchup? Any money? Any money? Remember those commercials? Remember when they turned that ketchup bottle upside down? What were they talking about? Antis of what? Anticipation. Making me what? Making me wait, you know? I have anticipation in my heart that not just this Sunday, but next Sunday, somebody gets saved and baptized. Amen? I have anticipation in my heart that God is going to grow Calvary. I have anticipation in my heart that God's going to add families to this ministry. 
I have anticipation in my heart that God is in control of this ministry. I have anticipation in my heart that he's going to do things that I can't even see right now. I anticipate God doing some things. Hey, listen, the anticipation's killing me. But the fact is, is that sometimes he makes you wait because he's trying to grow your faith. And God wants to do something in our lives. God wants to do something in our lives. It is also the evidence, the proof, the conviction, the certainty of what we believe. You know, things that are not seen. Things, practical things sometimes, isn't it? You can't always see sometimes the things around you that God's doing. You, you just, you, you, you look around and you think, where is God in all of this? Amen? Hey, when the Kavanaugh situation was going on, you might have looked and said, where's God in all of this? I'm telling you, God has not gone off the scene. Amen? God's still on the scene. And the reality is, is that our faith starts to wane because of things we see rather than the things that we cannot see. And we have to have faith in a holy, righteous God. <laughs> when I thought about this, I began to think about not only the things, but those which are seen. You know, we, we, we want evidence all the time. You know, I watch some of these crazy things on TV sometimes where these people believe in aliens. And I heard a theologian, this is no joke, a theologian said, if we think we're the only ones, we have to be fools. I was thinking, what a fool. Amen? I can't find anywhere in my Bible that God died for aliens from another planet. Amen? So, you know, buying into that stuff is crazy, isn't it? Who framed the worlds? He did. Amen? Where did he tell us life exists? Right here on this planet, on this earth. There aren't these aliens coming in. And, you know, if, if they were, <laughs> where is the real evidence? You say, well, it's out in Phoenix. It's out in Arizona. <laughs> Area 51, Pastor. You never got in out there, did you? <laughs> and the thing of it is, is this, not seen. So here's the thing. They want us to believe in aliens, and all we're saying is we want you to believe in God who actually told us he exists, amen? amen. He, he showed us that he exists. He, he continues to show us that he exists. When I think about this, this is, this, this is the uh, saying that the actions of the Christian are for others to observe, and we see that that confidence in you and that confidence in you causes other people maybe to be drawn to Christ because they see your faith. Do you really have strong faith in Jesus Christ? If you do, it'll cause action in your life. When, when I look at this, and I see some outward results sometimes in people's lives, it's amazing to watch God take a person from where they are and to where he can take them. I got a friend in the ministry today, and, 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 and my friend in the ministry, his background was drugs and alcohol and all these things, and, and, and I've watched God just transform his life. And he took him from what he was and, and, and turned him into a pastor in a local church. And God is causing that ministry to flourish. And sometimes, even the things that God would not choose, he can still use. And there are things in all of our lives that God would never choose for us to have done. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. There's things that God would have not chosen for us to do. But I'm telling you, those things can be used for his glory. And I watch God, by faith, work in this man's heart. And I'm watching a ministry flourish over in Maryland. God using him in an extraordinary way. And the thing of it is, is he took him from drugs and alcohol and took him off the street and put him behind a pulpit. 
That's an amazing testimony. You say, well, you just don't know. I want to tell you, Dr. Roy Thompson was the same thing, amen? How many of you know of Cleveland Baptist Church up in, up in Cleveland, Ohio, huh? Where Brother, where Brother Folger's up there now. That was, you know, you look at that ministry, and that ministry wouldn't have existed had this, this drunken drug addict come in who smelled and had not his teeth and came in one day and knelt down at an altar, and someone in the room decided to go pray with that man no matter how bad he smelled and led him to the Lord, and that was Dr. Roy Thompson. Amen? And he got saved, and God began to use his life. And God began to change him, and God began to use him in a miraculous way. And listen, God can do that with anybody he chooses. Amen? And if he can take John the Baptist, who's out in the wilderness, and he's got uh, uh, eating honey and locusts, and, and he's dressed in, a, in burlap, hey, listen, he can do whatever he wants. Amen? Because he's a great God. He's a mighty God. And by faith, he can do those things. Romans 8, 6 through 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. A world that is lost and dying needs Christ. They can't understand that. We can't be angry at them. They just don't know. We ought to pity them. We ought to feel sorry for them, and we ought to do something about it. And you say, what is that something? As often as you can, take tracts with you, leave them with people, hand them out, share the gospel with others. Listen, God's not going to hold me accountable for, for my witnessing. He's going to hold me accountable for not witnessing, amen, when I had opportunity. And the thing of it is, is that we have opportunities around us all the time. It doesn't hurt to invite folks. It doesn't hurt to share the gospel with people. Listen, we have a responsibility. Our faith should cause us to do so. We're only exposed to the outward. We cannot see the heart of a man. But the actions of an individual are often a strong indicator of their faith. You know, I know I've seen people who fake their faith and it's failed. <laughs> they fake it. They fake it. And it's the moment... A hardship enters in. The moment something tough comes in, the moment that, that, that they get rubbed the wrong way, they're out the door. And, and then they'll blame others for their own actions. Well, I did this because they did that. Because somebody else has to be at fault. Because I can never be at fault for my own actions. And, and the reality is, is that we are responsible for our own actions. Amen? I'm not responsible for the actions you take. This message that I preach to you, you can disregard it, walk out of this room and say, I don't care. And listen, I cannot do anything about that. But what I can do is be responsible for what I'm telling you. Amen? And God's going to hold me accountable for what I said, not for what you do with what I said. Amen? He's going to hold you personally accountable for every word that has been preached to you, and the choices that you make are yours. They're not mine. <laughs> but my faith causes me to preach with great fervency because I see people who fake their faith, and when they fake it, they'll fail, they'll fall. And listen, we need to reach back out to them and pull them out of the fire and reach out to them. The substance of our faith then is a testimony to the world, a world that cannot see or please Christ Jesus. I believe God also increases our faith so that we may have a strong testimony for him. You look at verse 2 and you think about folks that have repented and folks that have this report. He says in verse 2, For by it the elders obtained a good what? Report. report. What kind of report card are you going to have? <laughs> I thought, man, if God were to do my report card today, you know, was I tardy? 
Remember when you used to get tardy in school? Anybody remember what that is? <laughs> You're like, what? Some of these young people are like, what in the world's a tardy? <laughs> that means you were late to school all the time. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Would I be just a passive observer and said, man, I'm going to glide through this class. <sighs> Let somebody else do that. Are you a cheater? Leaning over and looking off of someone else's paper? What kind of report card would you get from God today? What kind of report card would you get? Well, I look at these people and it says they obtained a what? Good report. Good report. When I think about my report, what's it going to say? You know, faith in Jesus Christ is how man obtains a good report. It is the man that demonstrates Christ to others. So, would your report card demonstrate that you show Christ to others? If that was one of the classes, what kind of grade would you get? <laughs> would you obtain a good report in that class? And I, I just want to challenge your hearts. He says in Romans 8, 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. If we're being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was a testimony for God, was he not? What kind of report card would you get in relationship to your testimony for Christ? What letter grade would you get? You know, we're to be conformed to his image. And in so doing, I think when we do that, when we're more conformed to his image, I think we get a good report. When we act more like Christ and less like self, I think we get a better report card. I think when we we put him first and he has preeminence in our life, I think think we get a good report. And and I'm doing it out of sincere heart. And and listen, I'm, I'm saying to myself, he must increase. I must decrease. He is most important. I am not the most important person in the room. Jesus Christ is the most important person in the room. Amen. Yeah. And he's first. He's among all and, and above all. And the good report that these elders had, meaning older senior, received, I want you to think about this. God thought so much about it that he wrote an entire chapter on these people. They received a good, what? Report. So if God were to report on us right now, What kind of report card would we get? Would we end up on this list? Would our name be here? Would he put us in this list of people? You know, we don't know what the Lord can accomplish through us unless by faith we trust him. I was sharing with the Sunday school uh, this morning. You know, there are times in in our lives that our faith wanes and, and our hearts grow heavy. We feel burdened and things happen to us and and you get discouraged at times. You get down and, and it hurts and it's painful sometimes. And various things happen to us all the time. And, and, and when I was at Westmoreland Independent Baptist Church, I just remember the church flooding for the third time and the building flooding for the third time. And, and every time it would flood, I mean, it was devastating, folks. If you've never been through a flood, it is hard to deal with, man. You lose a lot. And this is the third time that we're flooding and the church was starting to grow and it was starting to prosper and we flood again. (laughs) And the third time we flood, I remember walking in, I remember flicking the power off and I'm watching the water come toward the building and nothing, 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 nothing you can do about nothing. 
Nothing. We had sandbags out there, and I'm watching the water go right through the sandbags. <laughs> there is nothing you can do about it. Heaviness, man. I mean, just as heavy as it could be. And we got everything up off the floor, and we got the chairs off the floor, and got everything put up, and we're trying to keep everything up off the ground. And we had to get guys to pick up the piano and put, put blocks underneath the piano so the piano would get wet. I mean, just craziness. And man, I was down. And I was thinking, Lord, how many times is this going to have to happen? And my faith was just getting beat to death. And I thought, good Lord, what is going on here? Every time we start to make advances, something happens. Every time we start to move forward, something goes wrong. Anybody ever been in those shoes? You start to make that advance and then all of a sudden, you feel like you're taking one step up and two steps back, right? Anybody ever been in those shoes? <laughs> feel like you're making one step up and two steps back. It's heavy on your faith. And I remember going out into the parking lot. I had this old Ford Explorer. <laughs> By the way, I had 450,000 miles on that before I got rid of it. Just want to let you Chevy people know that. <laughs> and I remember going out in that truck, and I had an old flip phone. I called Don Forrester. <laughs> Don Forrester was one of my mentors when I was in school. <laughs> He was the president of Virginia Baptist College, where I graduated from. He was a wonderful man, blind. They told him just to go off and start some country church somewhere <laughs> and said, you're never really going to amount to much in the ministry. And uh, he has one of the largest ministries in northern Virginia. <laughs> I just always found that humorous, you know what I mean, because they told him just go off and just find a little country church somewhere. Brilliant man, brilliant man. And I call him on the phone, and Brother Forster answered the phone. I said, Dr. Forster, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm sick and tired of this. Every time we fix this building up, then we get flooded again. I was so mad, I made two feet of water just rushing through the church. So, man, we've, we've done this. This is a third time. And I said, I'm sick and tired of this, and I'm done. And he said, Bob Warnick, don't you ever limit what God wants to do through you. And he hung up the phone. Amen. Forrester, what's he know? <laughs> Don wanted me to increase my faith. That flood was the start of us moving the building out to the new property. I didn't know that. I couldn't see that. I didn't understand that. I couldn't fathom that idea. <laughs> God knew, doesn't he, didn't he? Mm. Sometimes, man, we just get fired up at God. We get mad at people. And we get to the place where we end up with a poor report. Mm -hmm. A bad report. Because our faith isn't going to carry us through. When I look at this, it says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. <laughs> The demonstration of our faith is a result in a testimony that only God can give unto a man. <laughs> Amen? And you get to the other side of that and you say, why didn't he just show me? Because he wants us to increase our faith. <laughs> why didn't he just tell me? Because he wants to increase our faith. Why didn't he just give it to me? 
You know, I think about Cornelius in the scriptures in Acts chapter 10, verses 1 and 2 and verse 22. It said, God said about Cornelius, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Wow. Is that a good report? And God chose to take this, 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 this leader, this, this ungodly leader, and give him this kind of a testimony. He chose to do something in his life. He was part of a, a military uh, group, and God gave him this, this testimony that's unbelievable. And what did he say in verse 22 about him? Well, it wasn't just what God said about him. It is what other people saw in him. In that same chapter, in the, in, in, in down in verse 22, he said this, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews. Woo! It's a good report, isn't it? What would be on your report card this morning? If God were to grade you today, what grade would you be getting in your Christian faith? Would we be a Cornelius or would we be a Judas? I just want you to consider your faith this morning. And what kind of a report do I have to those that are around me? God, as well as Cornelius, his own men saw his life and it referred to him in the same manner. What God said about Cornelius, man said about Cornelius. Not that man's matters, but it's what they could observe. Are you with me? It's what they can see in someone else's life. And here's the thing. What do others see and what kind of a report would you get based on your faith in Christ? Your life is a report. Your testimony to the world, your family, your friends, your neighbors, co-workers, acquaintances. I mean, even strangers that you come in contact with daily. They see you. And, and listen, do they know, first of all, that you're a Christian? <laughs> Can they see your faith in action? You know, the good report of our faith is only obtained by our faith in Christ. We wouldn't even have one if it wasn't for him, amen? So what kind of report would you receive on your faith today? What kind of report would you see? How many of you have ever felt bad for yourself? You can lie and say no, but how many of you have ever felt bad for yourself? Amen. Huh? You know, and sometimes I throw parties for myself, James. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm only 53, but I'll put 100 candles on there when I'm having a pity party. Amen. And sometimes we just start feeling sorry for ourselves. And instead of feeling sorry for ourselves, you know, we ought to say, whatever I'm going through, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen? Light. Where is Christ in all of this? Casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen? Amen. We have a Savior that loves us. Amen. Amen. He's there for us. Our faith ought to grow, not wane. Our faith ought to increase, not decrease. And all our faith increases, as our faith increases, as we have that testimony for Christ, you receive a good report that it might be a testimony for Jesus. The last thought is this. The Lord wants you and me to know that his word is truth and we can rely on him. When you look at verse 3, I love this passage. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Boy, that just shoots evolution right in the foot, doesn't it? <laughs> it shoots the worldly thinking in the foot. We know God framed the worlds, amen? And he, he didn't just say this world, but he framed the worlds. 
you know? And we read Genesis, and we know that he was in the beginning God, amen? And you look at all of that, and that ought to increase our faith. And he says, through faith, through faith, through faith. Not only now faith, but through faith. Now faith helps us get a good report. Through faith, we continue on knowing that God is God, amen? Through faith, when I look at this, that's my assurance and my belief and my truth and my understanding of God. It's what keeps me going every day of my life on this earth. Is the fact that I know that if I die tomorrow, heaven is my home. That the rapture occurs, heaven is my home. Listen, I know victory is mine. It already exists and that is the faith that I have. And through faith, we know God did all this. He framed the world. He did all these things. Understand, to exercise the mind. He says, through faith, we understand. He he has this to exercise the mind, to observe, to heed, to perceive, to consider things. Amen? I mean, who makes an earth but God alone? Amen? Who built the land and the sea? You know, it's amazing to me. We probably know more about outer space than we do our ocean floors. Amen? And we're right here on this earth. Man can't understand how all things work, and we're, we're inquisitive, but then we want to attribute it to uh, an unknown thing rather than a known thing, and the known thing is, is in the beginning God. Amen. And we need to teach that, and we need to embrace that truth, and we need not let the world or anybody else change us or cause us to step off from our faith. Listen, God is God, amen? And if he framed the worlds, he framed the worlds. When I look at this in this particular verse is regarding the framing of these worlds in Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. And listen, the Bible's clear who's in control. Amen. The Bible's clear who made the world. The Bible is clear who made man. And listen, he has given us a plan and his plan for salvation to spend eternity with him comes through his son, Jesus Christ. By faith, through faith. Now faith, what kind of a report do we have? Do we give in to some evolutionary thoughts sometimes? (laughs) I think we do. Even as Christians, we'll give in to it sometimes. Well, you know, just maybe. Huh. There is no just maybe. In the beginning, God. Amen? Amen? That shouldn't change. (laughs) And our minds should not change about it. The world philosophy debunks the truth of a divine creator, but the scriptures say in Romans 1.25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Listen, man wants to come up with their own way, their own plan, their own design, their own way of thinking. And listen, they want it to go contrary to truth because they don't like truth because you know when I hold this up, it's a mirror. And when I look into that mirror, it shows me where I am as a man and where I need to be. And I don't like anybody telling me what to do and I don't like Jesus telling me what to do and I don't like it how he told me I have to live and I don't like the mirror that I have to look into because that's who I am and he said that's who I am and I need him and if I need him I don't want him because I don't want anybody controlling my life the reality is is we need him (laughs) and we need to look into this mirror and we need to think about our testimony And we need to think about our report. And we need to think about who God is. Not according to man's thoughts, but according to God's word. Amen? Amen. And when we look to the scriptures, we need God to lead us. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. The world philosophy debunks God. 
And what they want to do is they want to change the truth of God into a lie. And the truth of God is truth, amen? Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. God's word has yet to change regarding the beginning of time or any aspect of truth. God's word hasn't changed. You know what's changed? Man's thinking. <laughs> Man's thinking is always changing. He thought one thing, now he thinks another, amen? Thought the world was flat, found out it was round, amen? There's all kinds of things that man thinks. But let, be God, let God be true and every man a what? A liar. God's the truth. When I think about this, things always begin by the word of God. Listen to this. When you think about God in the beginning of time, I want you to think about things always begin with God. In Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only way man's going to understand is to hear God's word. Amen. That's the only way they're going to understand. They have to hear the word of God. If they don't hear the word of God, they're not going to understand. That's why Michelle's going to Africa to work with those folks so that those kids can hear the word of God. So they can hear. So they can hear the word of God. By the word of God, people change. Amen. It's by the word of God. In 1 Timothy 4, 4 through 5, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Everything we put into our mouth, you pray. Amen. We don't know what man's putting into our food. Amen. We know that God's in control. And the thing of it is, is that we can do this by the word of God, giving thanks to him. In 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Man's life is changed by the word of God. Amen? I can't change anybody. I can't change you. But I know his word can change you. Amen? I know that he can change people. And I've seen him change people's lives. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 15, he said, For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Listen, I want you to understand. For we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we that are alive and remain. Listen, he's coming back again. Amen? By the word of God, we know that to be true. And so when I look to the scriptures, we need to have an understanding, not a world view of the scriptures, but a scriptural view of the world. We need to see the world through the eyes of God. We don't need the reverse. We got enough of that going on today. We need some Christians that are going to look to the scriptures to have a view of the world based on the truth of the word of God. Amen. That brings understanding. He said, now faith, through faith... And I want you to consider this morning. The logical and spiritual conclusion is what God created has come from God, not from man. Amen? It's come from God, not from man. Man wants to explain it away. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. <laughs> God... It's all around us. Amen? Any talents you possess, thank God. Amen? Don't thank yourself. Thank God. You say, you have no idea how hard I study. He gave you the ability to study. Amen? Amen. You have no hard I worked. I want to tell you, he gave you the ability to work. <laughs> anything you're capable of, you ought to thank God for. Amen. Anything you do, anything you have, anything you possess, and even those things that you don't possess, you ought to thank God for it. Amen? And the reality is, is that when I look at this, hast thou not known? Have you not known? And he says 
Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Amen. Man's on a quest. And you know that quest ought to lead them to Christ. Amen. They want to continually say, so falsely claimed, science says. And we buy into it even as Christians sometimes. I want you to know there would be no science without God. Amen. It only exists because of him. Faith is the role that God gives us to give us understanding, to give us insight. In 2 Timothy 2.7, consider what I say. And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. That understanding is only going to come by you in the word of God, viewing the world from the scriptures, not viewing the scriptures from the world. Your faith is going to grow by what you know about Christ. Amen. Now, faith. What's your report card look like this morning? What's your testimony like? Would you obtain a good report this morning? You see, through faith, <laughs> we have an understanding of who God is. And through faith, it causes us to move and breathe. Amen? By faith. Now, faith gives us the substance, the evidence, and by faith we obtain a good report, and through faith we understand the truth of the Word of God. The truth of the Word of God is this, that you must know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior to go to heaven. Regardless of man's thoughts, regardless of what they think, you must trust Jesus Christ to get to heaven. Amen? There's no other way. There's no salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other way to get to heaven. The other thing is, is that the Bible teaches us that salvation is eternal. And the fact is, is once saved, always saved. Amen? Amen. Once you trust Jesus Christ, the deal is sealed. Now, you can lie, you can fake it, you can do those things, but you either have faith in Christ or you don't. You know, the Bible teaches us that that faith would cause us to change. Amen? Amen. Starts to create change in us. It causes us to want to love one another. <laughs> Sometimes we're not so lovely, but we need to love one another as brethren in Christ Jesus. Amen? And the thing of it is, is that it begins to change us. And that, that substance, that evidence, by faith we obtain this good report. And through faith we understand the truth of the Word of God. If you're here this morning and you're saved, it's a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. If you're here this morning and you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you've been scripturally baptized, praise the Lord. <laughs> if you're here and you've been saved and you've been baptized and you're a part of this local assembly, let God use you to give a good report. You say, well, preacher, I try. I know, so do I sometimes, and I fail. But my challenge to you is this. Don't leave a testimony behind of a bad report. Let's leave a good one. Amen? Mm -hmm. Heads are bowed, eyes are